You are listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, session number six. In this episode, I am going to give an engineer strategies to help him deal with a difficult supervisor and also to help him delegate some of his workload. I am also going to give you a career-changing tip that may help you to free up hours in your day. Let's do it. Welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, where it's all about helping real engineers to overcome real challenges and get real results. And now for your host, who is on a mission to inspire as many engineers as possible, professional engineer and certified career coach, Anthony Fasano. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Fasano, your engineering career coach. And my goal is to inspire as many engineers as possible to create extraordinary engineering careers. If you visit engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash free gift, enter in your name and email address, I will send you the top three resources that I used to become a partner at a reputable engineering firm at the age of 27. And all three resources are free. So check that out. I'm excited for another session of the Engineering Career Coach podcast. The sessions have been going very well. I've been getting very good feedback from those engineers that have been on the show and those engineers that are listening to the show. So thank you for that feedback. And if you wouldn't mind, please leave an honest review on iTunes by just going to iTunes and searching for the Engineering Career Coach podcast and reviewing it. It would be much appreciated. Also, I just want to let everybody know that if you want to email me questions to potentially answer on the show, you can do so at info at engineeringcareercoach.com. I would love to hear from the listeners out there. All right, so I have a great show for you here today. Did some work with an engineer down in Florida who's having a lot of difficulties with his boss, who is not really doing his job. He's basically doing signing engineering plans, but not doesn't really know anything about the subjects. So our coachee today is in the middle of that. He's also struggling a bit because he's managing so much work that we're going to talk a little bit about delegation, how to get rid of some of that work. Then at the end of the show, I'm going to give you a career-changing tip that could potentially save you hours in your day or week if you take advantage of this tip and if you utilize it and implement it as I'm going to lay out for you at the end of the show. So please stick with us for that. Right now, it's time to get the show started with our motivational moment. Motivational moment. Motivational moment. Since I will be discussing delegation on today's show, the quote I have chosen is as follows. No person will make a great business who wants to do it all himself or get all the credit by Andrew Carnegie. That's really a great, great quote and so true. I mean, so many engineers that I know try to do everything by themselves and it just catches up to them in one way or the other whether it starts to affect the quality of their work or whether they get too stressed out or too tired or burned out because they're just trying to do too many things. And we're going to touch on that today with our guest engineer in a few minutes. And I'm also going to give you that career-changing tip at the end of the show to try to help you with delegation in your career. Because it's really something that if you do this, and I used to do this, I used to try to do everything and try to control everything, it's really going to burn you out in your career. And so I want you to really think about that today as you listen to the coaching segment coming up, as you listen to the career changing tip and see yourself changing. Think about some of the ways we're talking about on the show today of how you can delegate, how you can free up time, how you can let some other people help you to accomplish 
your goals. So we're about to jump into our coaching segment of the show here. And I just want to let everyone know that, you know, there may be some times on the show where the the sound quality may not be the greatest with some of the guests. And it might happen, you know, a couple of times today, not much. Overall, I think the, the quality came out really good. But but the reason for this is because a lot of engineers that come on the show, I mean, they're literally in a job where they're struggling and they and they want to get help. So they'll literally go out into their car or something and get on the phone for the podcast. I mean, that's that's what the show is all about. It's all about helping engineers that are kind of either have really big challenges or, or tough situations they're dealing with or engineers that really want to shoot for the moon and, and they have really, really lofty goals and they're trying to achieve them. So don't be ashamed if you want to come on the show, if you've got a real tough situation, if it's a tough for you to get on the show, you can do a cell phone call. You know, we'll, we'll try to clean up the call the best we can. But the point is, is that, you know, the reason I'm on this show and I'm doing this show is to help you. And if you're out there saying, geez, maybe I should get on the show, maybe not, I'm afraid to come on the show, give it a shot. Just visit engineeringcareercoach.com, go to the contact us tab, and you can fill out the application right there. And for those of you commuting to work right now, because I know many of you listen on your commute, if there are parts of this show that you want to re-listen to or you want to check out some of the resources that I talk about on the show, simply go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash session six, and you'll be able to find all of the show notes, the points that I discussed, as well as any websites or URLs that I referenced in the show. With that, let's jump into our coaching segment of the show. It's go time. All right, everybody. Now it's time for our coaching segment of the show. And today my guest is Jim from Florida. He is a structural engineer working for an engineering company that does a lot of work in manufacturing. It's a small to mid-sized company with about 15 to 20 people. And he does a lot of component design. He has a bachelor's in civil engineering um, and also licensed as a, as a GC. Um, which he doesn't use t- very actively, but he has it there and could be potential uh, opportunity in the future. Um, today, Jim has contacted us with a couple of challenges. One, he has a boss that is a little bit challenging to work with in the in the fact that he's a very entrepreneurial, his boss, and sometimes to the point where doesn't think a lot about the engineering side of things. You know, profit a lot of times can take the priority over some of you know, maybe the quality or, you know, the engineering side of the work. So Jim has to kind of deal with that um, on the engineering side of it. And then also Jim has has been doing a lot of, um, I should also mention that Jim's 28 years old and he's now doing a lot of managerial work. He has five or six people that work underneath him. Um, but his his challenge is just how does he continue to do the business development, the managing side, grow the company, but also make sure that his staff can succeed, they can learn, they can grow. Um, a little bit of a balancing act there, but we're going to try to get into that. So, Jim, how are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you, Matt. Have me on the show, Anthony. Oh, absolutely. It's it's my pleasure. And let's jump right in here. So let's let's talk a little bit about your uh, your boss, Jim. Why don't you just for the listeners just tell a little bit more about your boss and, and this situation of um, you know his entrepreneurialism. Um, well, the, um, the entrepreneurial spirit has definitely helped, uh, get the company to where it is and, and, um, to, to teach me a great deal about the business side of engineering. But, um, I feel that, um, because he has focused so much on that side of, uh, growing that, um, the actual design theories and the engineering side has, uh, sort of been 
um, you know, left to the uh, to myself or or to the workers, which is fine, but it's also a challenge uh, in terms of ethics and um, ensuring that uh, the public at large is safe and the designs are safe, and making sure that uh, my boss understands the the difficulty of uh, of truing in the middle of a design and not um, not minimizing it. So then, then I guess you you deal a lot with having to you have the responsibility of having to to check these all of these calculations in the engineering, or at least you're you're I guess ultimately responsible from that standpoint. He kind of shifts it to you, um, more or less. Uh, he is the signing PE. Um, however, you know ethically, I, I feel that even though he is the uh, the responsible party, that as the uh, as the second in line that. You know, I want to make sure that I'm doing my duty as as an engineer to at least protect his license and the company as well. Okay, well, I mean, I commend you for for your approach on this. I think that's great that you're you know taking it to heart and understanding that you are really, um, you know, the the one layer of, of security kind of between the public and these projects getting done. Have you had a conversation at all with him about this? Um, I have, and. Um you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tricky. He's, um, he is, uh, a, an expert witness in uh, many, many, um, court cases. And so he's very adept at, um, at, at trying to make me see it a different way. And I, I get it, but, uh, the conversation generally tends to minimize the calculation to the point of, um, uh, anything can be done in the spreadsheet. Every design can be, um, simplified to, to uh, you know, within minutes, and not necessarily understanding how uh, how technical the job can be. Okay, all right, I understand that. I understand the I understand the, uh, the situation, and you know, it's a tough situation because there's you know, it's kind of to some degree, it's out of your hands. I mean, basically, he's not um, taking the proper steps to um, you know ensure that his license is necessarily um, being utilized you know, not properly, but he's not checking it. So he's not, and there's nothing you can do about that except what you're doing, which is, you know, checking it. And if you, if you, if you run it by him, then, you know, there's not much else you can do. The only thing that I would say I would recommend that you do, and I know that this is a very difficult thing to do and you have to be careful about how you do it. Um, but I would, you know, I would summarize something in an email. I mean, if this is, if this is me and I'm in your shoes, I would put something into an email at some point in your, you know, near future, just saying something to the effect of, you know, Bob, you know, I'm, I'm, I just want to let you know, I've been trying to take extra precautions. I'm reviewing all the plans. I know that you don't always have time to do that. Um, but if there's anything you could do to, you know, ins- you know, review the quality, I'd appreciate it. However, I will continue to do my best job at it. And, and the reason I say that is because, and I know it's a tricky thing to do, but, you know, if anything ever happens on one of these projects from a liability standpoint and the company were to get sued or something, then, you know, this person obviously could just turn around on you and say, you know, Jim reviewed all my stuff. And, you know, and obviously he, he probably would take the fall for it. He'd have to. It's his, it's his license. Um, but, you know, just looking out for your own self, which you have to do sometimes, especially in a situation like that, mm-hmm. um, I would just think about something like that. And again, I know it's a tricky thing to send an email like that to someone, but maybe there's a way you could write it in the right way. But I'm just thinking about your own protection because from the idea of giving you, you know, there's, there's really no solution to this. If the person's going to sign something without reviewing it, the only thing that you could do is, um, you know, do your best to review it. And that's what you're doing. I just, you know, wouldn't want to see that come back to bite you. So that's something to think about. Um, right. 
you know, in case like, you know, you were going for your license in the future and somehow you got associated with something that happened, at least you would try to have yourself cleared. Sure. Sure. That's great advice. Um, all right. So let's move on to the next point. The next point is getting into a little bit about your managerial skills and, you know, being able to manage and let the people underneath you grow. Why don't you explain for our listeners, Jim, the, um, the situation you're in as far as the people that work for you, the kind of tasks that you're doing, they're doing, just so you can kind of set the scene here. Uh, well, currently I, I, uh, I handle a large amount of the, um, of the incoming work as far as the proposals. So uh, when a client has a request for work, they'll come to me to, um, to explain what the need is. I will use engineering judgment to figure out um, you know, what submittal would be required, what design would be needed to help them the best, uh, how many labor hours might be needed, and then get them a proposal. Um, and then once that's signed off on, then my job would be to assign the proper resources out of these six technicians. Um, you know, certain, certain technicians are better at certain designs than others. Um, assign that out, work through the scheduling of, of any, the, the multitude of existing projects that we've already got. And then once those are signed out, follow up on the project, um, provide advice to the technician who's designing it. If they get stuck on a, um, you know, the, the, the plate is much larger than it should be. So how do we, how do we look at it a different way or um, how do we help the client to uh, save money or build a, build a safe design while making it feasible for, for them as well? And then um, as the job comes to a close, doing the final checks, making sure that everything that we agreed to the client is being done in, in the correct manner per our contract, as well as the legalities or the, the building department's requirements. And then um, also looking back uh, month to month on um, the profit of the, of the jobs, uh, making sure that the proposals are being um, priced out at a, at a correct rate. And, and, and this is happening probably about 40 jobs uh, a week. So it's a very um, fast paced environment. Okay. Wow. Well, that, that even makes it all more important. So, so let's jump into this a little bit. Obviously, Jim has to manage uh, these five or six individuals on 40 projects per week and make sure that they're up and running, they're working properly, and he's still able to handle the incoming and not get too caught up in the technical side of it because he just can't, he can't do that. He can't afford to do that. The company will stop growing. So, a couple things. One of the things that I recommend doing, and I've been trying to employ this myself with my management strategies as well, and have helped some people to be successful with it, is have some kind of a regular team meeting. And, and, and you know, it could be a lot of people have weekly meetings, which is fine. But in a situation that you're in where you have 40 projects a week going on, um, I recommend having something daily, even if it's just, it could be 20 minutes, could be a half an hour in the morning. But I think one of the things that happens when you have a lot of people that start to work for you, you start to get emails going back and forth, communications going back and forth, and it could start to get a little bit confusing and, and people might not be on the same page. So I think by getting everyone together and saying, okay, you're working on this, you're working on that. Does anyone have questions for me? Does anyone need anything for me to, to be successful today? Let me know now so I can get it to you um, before we start the day. Mm -hmm. And doing that on a regular basis might be something that's helpful for you. Do you, do you employ any types of meetings or how do you do that now, Jim? We initially started with a, a morning meeting and the, um, the questions that we always asked, it was a stand up meeting to try to keep it brief, brief. And the questions were, um, what, what, uh, did you do yesterday? What are you doing today? And is there anything standing in your way that we can help you with? Um, and it actually was a, a fairly successful, 
um, program. I've, I've, I'm looking at possibly implementing that again or, um, you know, or just going around, at, like you said, and, and coordinating daily uh, or maybe even every other day because sometimes things get a little uh, out of schedule here. But at a minimum, a few times a week to really make sure that that um, all the employees are on the same page. Yeah, I think getting to that daily meeting is going to be getting back to it is going to be helpful for you because a couple of reasons. One, whenever you have a team of people, I think when they get together and they you know they see what each other are working on, they have a chance to communicate a little bit. It keeps an open open atmosphere in the office because when you don't do that. Then all of a sudden, people start thinking like, "Oh, what, what is this person working on? You know, this person's working on more things than me, or less things than me, or, or cooler projects than me." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that can cause a little bit of a problem and a little bit of a, you know, could affect the energy in the office a little bit. And that's why, you know, my management style has always been to open it up and say, "Let's get together. Everything's on the table. Everyone's here. What can we do? How can we do it? How can we do it better?" So that's something I would recommend getting back to and really making it like. Um, like a real standard thing, like, you know, just like you come in or you do your timesheet every week or, you know, you have to sign in on your computer each morning. We have to sit down together each morning and we have to just go through our stuff for the day and make sure everyone's on track. And I think, you know, having that open discussion will be helpful. I think the other thing to think about doing is, and again, you might have some, some systems in place already, but is, you know, how do you track their work? In other words, you know, how, how do you know what they've accomplished? How do you know where they're at in their projects? How does that happen? Uh, we actually have a, um, a in-house tracking system um, where I can, can track any project that's, that's been assigned to my team or, or through them. So we do have a way to, to look at notes and, and to print out, you know, uh, John's to-do list for the week or, or the schedule for the week. So there is some digital help, and, and we're implementing an even um, newer system, which should be even better. Um, but there are things that can't always be caught in, a, uh, in an online presence or, or you know, things that are easier to, to describe in person rather than reading a note on a uh, system. Okay. All right. So that's good. So you have a combination. So if you have daily meetings in place, you'd have a combination of some daily interaction in person, and you'd have the, the tracking system throughout the day. Mm. And... The other thing that I would recommend, and you probably have something like this as well, but just for everyone out there listening, when you have teams, when you have tasks to work on, one of the things that's sometimes helpful to implement is, you know, some kind of a checklist for certain tasks. I know many engineering companies employ quality control, um, quality assurance, guidelines, checklists, et cetera. But one of the things that you can do and in your position, Jim, to feel more comfortable because one of your, your challenges is kind of really letting go and letting these people work and let me focus on my other stuff is to have some kind of a checklist for them on certain tasks. Well, twofold. One, definitely have the people that are good at certain tasks focus on them, and that's something that you, you can determine in your daily meetings. But then secondly is to allow for the person that's doing the test to have some kind of guidelines. So if you create, let's say one of your tasks is to, you know, uh, close out a project, then you have, you know, five steps to closing out the project. And every time they do this step, they'd have to complete the checklist. And then, you know, you can either see it through the online tracking form or they would give it to you during your daily meeting. Mm -hmm. And this kind of ensures that they've hit every step. So you don't have to sit there and worry about, Oh, I got to make sure they do this. I got to make sure they do this step. You can just feel comfortable in that, you know, you've given them direction, you've given them guidelines, and you'll have a check at the end when you review their, their kind of their checklist. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is there anything that you do like that? Um, you know, I, we, we don't. I've, um, 
I've, I've thought of that and then I, I sort of get overwhelmed with how many I would need to create. So I, I, I it's something I, I should look at. Um, I think that would help tremendously in, um, in making sure that, that I think what happened when I originally began that process was the checklist was, I tried to make it as exhaustive as possible. So it became 20, 20 checks. Um, so if I could reduce that to something more general, uh, maybe uh, five to 10 checks, then um, it may be a little bit easier to, uh, to implement. Start with something simple um, that you can put into place just to get people thinking in that direction. And if it works, you can continue to tweak it, add things, subtract things, make it better. But, you know, try to just implement something just to see how something will start to work. And I think that you might find that to be helpful. Another thing that I can, you know, also share with you that I've had some success with myself in the past is, you know, using some video training. So what I mean by that is if there's a task that you end up doing uh, regularly on a report or in a module or something like that on a program, you know, take some, you know, just put an outline together on a piece of paper and then go through it and record yourself doing it um, on the computer. And then you can make that video or those videos available to the staff should they ever need it. And that will also give you a peace of mind and also reduce their, um, the time that they need you, you know, allowing you to do some of that other work. And, you know, believe me, Mm -hmm. a video for someone can just make everything so easy and explained and it, it avoids you having to repeat it, you know, a hundred times. All right. So that's something to think, think about Do you have any other questions, thoughts on, on this, uh, on this topic or, you know, with the, with the management that you've been struggling with? I guess the one primary question is, uh, does it, does it ever do engineers that you coach, do they ever find the the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak? Do you, is there a point where I'll finally get to say, Oh, you know, finally I, I, I don't, I feel like, you know, everything is in place that I wanted and things are, are flowing real smoothly and I'm, you know, currently I come into work and it's just a constant, I would call it a grind. It's still my passion, but it still is definitely a grind to make sure that everything works properly every day. And it's, it's highly stressful. And my goal is to finally get to a point where it's a little bit smoother. And, um, and I guess that would go in line with the systems and processes and having those in place. But is that, do you talk to engineers that that ever happens or is it always a work in progress? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a combination. I mean, I think one, it happens for some people, but then when it happens, a lot of times people will, you know, look for the next goal and look to take on more. So it really depends a lot on the person. Mm. But one of the questions I would ask you to help you with this is, you know, you're explaining to me right now, um, you know, how you want things to be, right? So mm-hmm. take me through the situation. Let's just fast forward like two, three years from now. Everything is just the way you explained it, right? It's per, it's great. You're mm-hmm. you talk to me like, oh, Anthony, everything's going great. It happened. I'm at the I'm at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. I see the light. I'm here. What does it give me? What does your job look like? It, it would look like coming in uh, coming in in the morning, having um, staff assigned to handle proposals, staff assigned to handle the resource allocation, and then the technicians and the engineers assigned to do the design work. Um, and my, my job would mostly be to, um, to communicate with the clients, to, um, to see an, an overall view of what's going on, and then be able to spend um, pockets of my time in more important areas such as um, you know, a code change or uh, a, you know, a seminar or something to further the company and make sure that more or less if I was doing um, – um, 
quality assurance and quality control as well as working with the clients and um and most of the managerial administration type stuff was already handled that would be my my perfect scenario okay great so so here everyone listening um this is important and this is something that we that we have talked about on other uh sessions as well um a little bit about you know it's 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 this idea of getting your dream job mm-hmm. you know and my 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 position always on this is if you're not if you don't have a dream job then what's the point of having a job at all right you're going to go through your career for 30 40 50 years and and not be happy about it and be comfortable about it the way jim is explaining and for those of you that want to hear about specifically about a dream job session we did, you can go to engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash session two, and you can hear about that. But let's let's focus on Jim's situation right now. And the fact that he can design what his ideal kind of career looks like is great because the way that you achieve it, the way that you get to the light at the end of the tunnel is to define that as specifically as you can and then put a plan in place to achieve it. And what you've just told me, Jim, is a lot of good stuff that we can take and you can put onto a plan. And if I were you, what I would do exactly is I would say to myself, here's a blank piece of paper or a couple of pieces of paper. This is what my perfect situation looks like, right? I'm low stressed. I come into the office. I do these tasks. Some of the responsibilities that I have is you know, X, Y, Z. I'm going to at least a seminar a month to better myself. Um, my staff is working in such a manner, et cetera. And the more specific you can define it, the better. Then once you have that definition and you have that picture, then the way to get to it is you put together a plan in place, which could contain any and all the things we talked about plus more. So for example, if you say to yourself, um, you know, I want low stress. If you want low stress, then obviously everyone has to be working properly there. Mm. That means maybe you do have to have the checklist. Maybe you do have to have training videos and maybe it's going to take you six months to a year to put them in place. But you know what? When you do it, you're going to be at that end of the tunnel and then you're going to have the career you want. So the point is, is thinking about that now and putting in every single measure that it's going to take to be able to accomplish that. And while it's going to, sometimes it's just going to suck for a year. <laughs> I can tell you that right now because I went through this. I went through this in my business where I took on a couple opportunities. And in order to make that happen, what I did was I literally took a big three foot by three foot piece of paper, a board, and I wrote down every single thing that I do on it on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And I just started circling things that somebody else could do for me. And I just put together a word document, maybe a video, and I made it happen. And I subbed them out. Hmm. And all of a sudden, I saw so many pockets of time come into my life and my career that enabled me to take on some other opportunities that I've been able to to do well in. So, so the point is, is that sometimes it seems like there's a really far distance between here and the end of the tunnel. But if you can define the end of the tunnel, which you can, which is, believe me, that's the biggest challenge for most people, then you can put together a plan and you can get there. And it's going to be hard sometimes because you're going to be like, oh, I'm so used to doing this. I don't feel comfortable letting someone else do it. But you know what? Figure out a way to do it. Because unless you want, unless you can make that happen, you're never going to get to that position like you said. You're never going to get to the point where you come into work and you're like, all right, this is more like it. Right. right. Is that helpful for you? No, that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. I like the idea of the um, a three by three board and, and circling what, what other people can do because there's certainly, um, there's certainly a lot that, that, and, it, and it, I think it's a, and a thing of comfort, you know, it's as much as, as I could complain about it, it technically is easier to come in and do the same thing. Even if it is high stress, it's easier to do the same thing because it's a routine and it's ingrained versus um, changing it up and trusting and, and leaving, you know, certain gears of the machine to other people to run. 
Of course. Of course. Yeah. Change is difficult. And the one thing that can get you through that, Jim, is if you write down on that piece of paper what your perfect uh, career looks like, every time you have these doubts, you just read it. You know what I mean? Like you have to keep bringing that picture to the front of your mind because that's what's going to push you to make it happen. You know what I mean? Sure. sure. And that's why you got to define it. And what will happen to you is if you go ahead and you do that three by three board and you write everything on it and you circle maybe five, 10 things out of, out of 50, what will happen is once those five or 10 things are subbed out and they're working, you're going to be like, oh man, this is easy. Then you'll just start circling more. You know what I mean? Got it. Uh-huh. But, but you got to get it going because that's what happened to me. Once I figured I can sub out these things, then I said, yeah, I could sub out these things too. And I'm at the point where when anything comes up for me, unless like it's coaching obviously like this or speaking or, you know, doing something specifically with engineers, you know, I try to see if I can get it to someone else that can be productive with it. And then of course, employ all the strategies that we talked about, meet with them on a regular basis, give them good directions, give them good instructions, et cetera. But I mean, I think that's one of the things that all engineers struggle with is just doing too much. And when you do too much, you can't get to the place you want to go. So, so I'm glad that we talked about this today because I think that it's a challenge that I would say, you know, 70 to 80% of engineers out there are struggling with. And I hopefully it will be helpful for them and it'll be helpful for you as well. That's absolutely great. I, I really appreciate it. All right, Jim. Well, it was a pleasure having you on today. I thank you. And I hope that you can take these, uh, take some of the stuff we talked about and implement it. Thank you, Anthony. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and, and continue sending your emails, your daily emails and the Monday motivator. It's always a pleasure. Oh, thanks. I will do. Take care. Career changing tip. For today's career-changing tip, I want to share with you a story about myself, something that I did over a year ago that dramatically changed not only my career, but my life as well. And it's directly related to the show today with this whole idea of delegation. About a year ago, I was really burning myself out. I was working around the clock. I was just kind of getting stressed out. It was affecting my attitude and just my approach and my career and life. And I had some opportunities that came up But in order to take these opportunities, I would need to find more time in my schedule. So one day I went to my office. I took a big sheet of paper, two feet by three feet sheet of paper. I put it on my desk and I wrote down every single task that I do. Tasks that I do multiple times a day, tasks that I do daily, weekly, monthly, even yearly. I wrote everything down that I do over the course of a year on a piece of paper. So for example, writing blog posts, giving webinars, every single thing. Then I went through all the tasks and I did two things. One, I asked myself, which of these tasks are not contributing to me achieving my goals? And I was able to eliminate some things right off the bat. And then secondly, I looked at the tasks and said, which of these tasks can I give to somebody else to do? Whether it's delegating to a team member, subbing it out to someone. And I went through with a highlighter and I highlighted all the ones that someone else would be able to do. And the results were shocking. Probably between elimination and highlighting tasks that I could give out, that took care of about 60 to 70% of the tasks. So essentially, there was only 30% or 20 or 30% of the tasks that I was doing that I really had to do. So I took that information and right away, I started developing instructions and guidelines for doing some of these tasks and I started delegating them. And it took a little while to get it down. But after that, everything changed for me. I had free time to work on things that were more important. I was able to take other opportunities. And this is very, very important for you. Engineers do this all the time, especially because we're so technically oriented. We want to be in every single part of every single project. And you can't do that. You can't survive. 
You're not going to thrive like that. So I'm challenging you to take a look at everything that you do and eliminate things that don't matter and delegate things that can be done by other people. If you do this, it can have a dramatically positive impact on both your career and your life. Your career, because you might be able to find time to do other things. For example, if you delegate enough of the technical tasks, maybe you can go out there and do some business development work and really take your career to the next level in terms of a promotion and a raise, etc. From the personal side of things, if you're able to delegate more of your work, help your team members to be more productive and effective, then you may be able to spend less time in the office and more time at home with your family. So I do truly believe that this can be a career and life-changing tip if you implement it, and I hope you do that. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Please remember you can listen to the show on the website at any time and see all the show notes mentioned in today's show and links and resources at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash session six. The other thing I want to mention real briefly is we're putting together a dynamite weekend event for engineers, really a transformational weekend through my Institute for Engineering Career Development down in Austin, Texas in late April, April 25th and 26th. Please save the date and you can check out the agenda and some of the speakers we have coming at the website iecdmeetup.com. Again, that's iecdmeetup.com. So please put that on your calendar, check it out, and I hope that I can meet you down there. Until next time, I'll catch you on the next podcast, and I look forward to helping you continue to create an extraordinary engineering career. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast with Anthony Fasano. Transforming engineering career development, one engineer at a time. For tons of free engineering career resources, visit www.engineeringcareercoach.com.